Okay, we want to welcome you guys back to the channel. Uh, this is JD and Miguel, uh, episode 9. Really moving along with this. Uh, we've got a lot to go over this week. So first off, we'll start with a couple deals. Um, one is for now, the Beats Studio 3 is up to 43% off, along with some other True Wireless Buds that they offer. Um, we will post that in the description below. That's on Amazon. And then the other one is you can get up to $400 off on the M1 Pro uh, MacBooks, both for the 14 and 16 inch models. So um, definitely would like to help you guys out with saving some money there. And then moving on to official news, um, we did get some rumors from uh, 9 to 5 Mac, and evidently the Pixel Watch that we are really excited about is expected to start around $350. So um, I'm looking forward to getting that watch relatively soon when it, when it comes out and testing that out. Um, and then also, evidently the 14 Pro and Pro Max are having some camera issues with social media apps where you can actually mm. hear clicking in it. So uh, I've seen quite a few TikTok and um, YouTube sources out there that are just um, kind of a little frazzled by that with the hardware. We're not really sure if that's pre predominantly on Apple's end or if it's just a, a an app update that needs to be released for those third-party apps. But definitely something to keep an eye on if you're noticing that. I wouldn't keep on you know opening up the uh, camera app for that because if it is a hardware problem, you could damage it. And assumably you would want to hope that Apple would try to help you out with that, but you never know. So that is just kind of um, keeping a... That is kind of weird because normally you don't see most new releases with uh, Apple, especially with their phones, having those kind of issues, at least not that I'm aware of. Yeah, so that's why I'm thinking it's more so on the third-party side where the developers... Yeah, it probably. It is kind of weird that it, that it comes down to the hardware level, so I don't know if that's just some sort of coding that's affecting um, the optical image stabilization or something like that, but yeah. pretty interesting in, in my opinion. So, um, sure. And then we've also had you know iOS, tvOS, HomePod OS 16, and then watchOS 9 out to the public for about a week or so. And the main thing we've seen, at least on iOS 16, is just um, quite a bit of battery consum consumption. So if you're kind of more cautious and you're still, you still have an up graded to iOS 16, I would probably wait until maybe a dot one or dot two release. Um, and we are also expecting 16.0.2 to come out probably next week to address that hardware issue with um, the camera. So at least Apple is kind of addressing and saying this is not the way it's supposed to work. So that'll work on that end. And like we said, I, I think we will see some updates from the third party as well. Um, and then, of course, today we got iOS 16.1 beta 2, and that came up with a couple cool um, kind of small changes. First off, the actual battery percentage is now changing to the way that I would prefer it to be where the bar actually decreases along um, with the percentage indicator. So yeah, that's much number better. going down. <laughs> Yes, and then the bar shade is actually dropping as well when the battery drops down in two. So that was really good. I'm glad they kind of iterated that into there because I really didn't like the way it was kind of um, introduced. But the fact that I guess they've had enough people give you some negative feedback means that it wasn't really popular. Aside from the fact that they did offer it, that's not the actual disagreement. But um, 
I'm definitely glad that they did add that, but that I agree with you wholeheartedly that Billy not be able to see the actual bar going down is just kind of uh, iffy for me. So not a lot. It's not like a game changer, like anything that I would like. Oh man, I'm not going to turn this. I mean, on if we anymore. were stuck with it, we were stuck with it. I I think there's yeah. some people that would just turn it off, but it's not like oh, this is like like you're saying it's a major deal. It's just something I felt like okay, I'm glad they're actually doing this because it wasn't really the. I didn't feel like it was the final design on it it would have taken some getting used to for the most part but but i'm very glad that they they did um, go ahead and change that so yeah yep yep for sure so and then we're going on to google and they're actually announcing some updates for their apps that kind of um, integrate into the ios 16 lock screen um, from maps to gmail calendar events and such kind of just announcing that um, so keep your eyes out open for those apps to be updated over the next coming weeks and then the last thing we had as far as official news is Apple is revising their terms and conditions to um, their Apple Care Plus. And that's just basically stating that um, they're no longer limiting you to two claims. It's now going to be unlimited. So um, kind of glad they're kind of looking out for the consumer on that side, just letting people say, you know, hey, you're buying our protection. You have unlimited usage on, you know, how you want yeah. to do that. So. I kind yeah, of understand the fact that Apple was being stingy about it, but at the same time, I'm like, you're paying how much money for this product, and then you're paying warranty for it as well. Why am I limited to two claims? So, Yeah, I think it is uh, that they put a limit on that for sure, because I, I don't know how it is with other um, brands like Samsung with their kind of, you know, care manufacturer type thing. Um, what's the info on that? Actually, to be honest with you, I've never actually had a claim with Apple or any company for that matter. Um, I've never actually had an issue, so I can't really tell you, oh, how bad this is. All I know is that having two limits is kind of, it's pretty pathetic, actually. Yeah, I would assume you'd want a lot more, you know, uh, chances uh, to be able to get your phone restored or get a different one. Um, Just the two, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in my opinion, I feel like it either means that, you know, not enough, there weren't enough claims, so they're f- figuring, okay, well, if we're only getting, like, maybe one or two at the most, then yeah, it, must be, it must be that, you know, they're, they're not getting so much heat, so they're like, okay, let's just go to Unlimited and we'll be fine, so, but that's just mm-hmm. pure speculation on my end, so, um, right. unfortunately, I don't have the inside track, so. <laughs> but moving along to the main event, um, this will probably take up a good majority here, but we're really excited about what happened on the Apple event. Um, some minor changes here and there, things that we kind of anticipated as far as just being an average update. Um, and then some new intros, um, new models, and um, just some feature software, hardware integrations as well. So jumping right into it we'll actually get right into the apple watch series and um i think that's going to be the series eight is that right miguel that is correct is the uh the eight uh i would say before i start this i would say it's kind of similar to how um samsung was with their unpacked events um with their um new watch not a whole lot of changes some some improvements that are that are helpful for example um, we now have uh, crash detection, uh, which is actually on all the devices, obviously yeah, not including the iPhones. iPhones. But yep, yep, the iPhones as well. So that that's pretty good, and we'll get a little more on that um, when we get to the iPhones because that's mainly where it's um, most prevalent. Uh, there's also cycle track tracking uh, improvement. This was on previous uh, iPhone. I think it I think it was on the 13. 
Um, but uh, cycle tracking improvement for, um, with women and ovulation um, with that added temperature sensor. So this just helps um, women to be able to uh, really more get accuracy. a lot more solid info, a yep. lot more accuracy. Yep. Uh, and then we've also got uh, lower power mode, uh, which is a little different than the power reserve mode. Uh, allows your watch to stay a little more usable uh, than PR mode, which still is helping that battery life when you need it giving up to an advertised 36 hours. So a uh, longer lasting battery pretty much when you have a low power mount on, which is great. They haven't added this at all before. So now they're doing it now, which is amazing. Um, and you could tell that was kind of different from the actual previous iOS versions where they had low power mode. And then you notice yeah. that the watch had power reserve mode, which basically just turns it into a watch and that's it. There's nothing more to it. So definitely glad they added that. And that's, that's available on watchOS nine in general. So you can actually get that on previous uh, compatible watches as well. Yep. So that'll be on all the watches. Um, yeah, the faces you can use, um, they're not just honed in onto the actual, uh, Nike watches themselves. Right. So. They're available on anything. Again, that, that would probably be yeah. with, with watchOS nine, but definitely glad they're kind of giving that available because I just kind of felt like, I don't know. You buy the, the the general product, and you can't get this certain watch face just because it's on Nike. So yeah, that's just me. A little but, annoying there. Yeah, but yeah, I'm glad they've um, improved that there. Uh, and then uh, with that Series Eight, uh, it's available in Midnight, uh, Starlight, Gold, Graphite, Silver, Space Black, and uh, obviously Product Red. Um, and that will be available September 16th. Yep. So that's already out there. Um, I don't know if they're going to be in stock or not, but, you know, shipping dates will definitely vary. Yeah, absolutely. With everybody ordering this new thing, it's going to cause a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of delays there. Uh, and then moving along, we've got the uh, SE now, uh, the, the, uh, the next generation of the uh, Watch SE. Uh, this one's available in Midnight, Starlight, and Silver, so not a whole lot of colors, but that's basically what you'd expect since it's just a, uh, special edition, if you want to call it that. Um... Didn't get a whole lot of updates here. Definitely not as much as the uh, Watch 8. Um, but there is an updated case backing, so a little bit more stronger integrity. Obviously, crash detection. And then we've got an updated chipset of the S8 processor found in the Series 8. Uh, so kind of similar how you're seeing with um, iPhone where you have... Um, it's what well, we're going to get into, it obviously. But its predecessor's uh, chip is now in that new device. So similar thing we're going on with here. Old chassis um, chipset. Yep, yep. And uh, they've also uh, they've dropped down the price uh, to two hundred fifty three hundred. Uh, so I think that's fair, uh, dropping that down. It's a good yep, move by Apple. Yeah, two hundred fifty for the GPS and then three hundred for the cellular. Yeah, that's 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 a good competitive price range. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now we're getting into the the big guy here. Yeah, so we got the um, what we thought was going to be the Apple Watch Pro. Um, now it's actually named Ultra. So, and kind of what we looked on on our last episode and the links that we provided with the CAD renders, uh, it looked a little bit more rigid and, I don't know, I guess not so refined. Um, but when we actually saw the product yeah. in the event and, you know, on Apple's website now, uh, it definitely has a more premium, refined look. And even though it's geared towards the extremist and, and the rugged um, environment, it, it definitely has a good look and a premium premium style to it so a um, lot of design ad adjustments compared to the regular series so obviously this one will come with sapphire crystal glass 
And then it also has a raised um, chassis border that just lends more protection to the side impacts of that glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, it also increases the protection against the you know submersion and um, the IP rating. So, um, and on that note, actually, they actually updated the WR50 that's on the Series 8 to be WR100 on the Ultra. So, and that also includes the EN13319 standard for diving. So this thing is definitely meant to, you know, go into the hard terrain and handle a lot of extreme, you know, environmental changes. So, yeah. Um, and then, of course, we did come mention that it would have a customizable action button. That is true. Um, so you can adjust that. And then the home button can also be designed to be used with um, gloves and such. So it's not just, you know, oh, I'm wearing something on my watch or my, I'm wearing something on my wrist and it's there and I can look at it, but it's actually meant to be used if you are like have like thick stuff on your hands or whatever. So I like that fact. And then we did get a new microphone and speaker array as well, just for clear communications during those harsh environments. So, um, and then this also includes a specific audio signal output that reaches 86 decibels and just putting out kind of like an SOS signal that can evidently be heard up to around 600 feet in optimal conditions. Um, but, you know, it, it, the results will vary for sure. Um, yeah. And then this is actually, all this stuff that we're talking about with the Ultra, this is actually just one model. So there is no, you know, one more tier to the Ultra. It's just one model. And you don't have to worry about, oh, I didn't get this feature because, you know, that was more expensive which is great. So this is going to be cellular connectivity built in. Um, they did update some GPS signals for more accurate tracking, um, larger battery that'll get up to 36 hours, and that's not including low power mode. Uh, evidently, they're going to introduce that later on. That's specifically honed in on the Ultra model. That'll get you up to 60 hours as well. So, And that's that's opposed to just your average 18 hours on your Series 8 or Series 7, you know? Yeah, so it's amazing, right? Which there. is crazy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then you've also got the uh, three bands. So, which is the trail, uh, ocean, and what was the other one? Alpine. 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 So, and that kind of just um, is specific to, I guess, the environment. Technically, although you don't really have to buy it specifically for that. But um, the trail is kind of more for, um, I guess, just the desert type or you know, foresty, I guess, but not like in the high range though. That's where the Alpine comes right. into to place. Yeah. That's really for like the snow and the winter and the cold. And then obviously the ocean is for diving. So um, pretty cool that they gave you some, you know, proprietary bands that you can use for those specific um, environments. And then all that culminates to the price, which we were expecting to be on the high end of around a thousand dollars. Uh, which we're so glad that those rumors were a little bit, you know, hasty. It actually comes down to $800, and that is available on September 23rd. So we've got just a few more days before that is actually available in the stores and retail stores as well. So overall, um, I feel like when it comes to the watch series in general, like we said, there were some minor changes. Uh, Miguel kind of touched on some of those uh, little updates there. Um, But the big thing was obviously the Ultra. And I think in my mind, I'm just glad that they actually did remove the Series 3 because it was just way too old and they were still charging a semi-premium price for it. So um, now that we've got our official lineup that kind of reflects the iPhones, um, you got your SE iPhone and then you've got the base 
um, models, and then you've got your Pro Series. Well, same thing happens with the watches. You've got your SE, you've got your Series, and then you've got your Ultra. So really fitting way to kind of mirror both models. Um, yeah, for sure. Let me rephrase that. Really fitting way to mirror both uh, model lineups. So, And that pretty much just ends out the watch series there. And we did get the AirPods Pro 2 or second generation, if you want to call them that. Um, and they're coming in at $250, and they'll also be available on September 23rd. Um, we got the new H2 chip, so that kind of just improves the performance here and there. And with that, you do get some um, more active noise canceling, so evidently they're going to give you double the ANC uh, as opposed to the first-generation AirPods Pro. And that also will affect the transparency mode. So um, I know Miguel was kind of a little put off by the fact that they – kind of what, what what's well, how would you say that they exaggerated i guess just just the way yeah. they advertised it with uh um, jackhammer in the background but you know evidently it really does kind of block out those sounds so people can hear you better which i like that they're kind of thinking about that from the cons- consumer standpoint um and for then sure of course, and then of course you got your uh, touch controls on the stem so um and then, of course, for your case, you've got the speaker edition for Find My, which I am so glad they've added that to um, at least one AirPods model. Yeah. Um, I know, Miguel, you've been kind of waiting for that for a while. Oh, yeah. I remember um, I actually have a pair of AirPods that are the first-gen ones. They're not even the pros. Um, and the one thing that I absolutely hated the most uh, about um, my AirPods was that the uh, Find My app only worked with uh, when the uh, headphones were on their own; they weren't in the case, uh, which is not a well. Yeah, it, it is a big deal because if I have my headphones in the case, I want to actually find the case themselves because obviously they're in the case. I can't do anything um, with that if the app can't actually find the case itself. So with this uh, new addition here, um, it's really great, and I'm actually really happy about that. So. Glad they yeah, and I mean, when you think about it, I think between the two, I would rather actually have the Find My on an individual AirPod because it just gives you that kind of confidence that, okay, I'm not going to lose just one. If I'm going to lose it, it'll be the whole case, yeah. and you know, it's much more likely to find a bigger case than a smaller AirPod. Um, but definitely, it's just glad to have that feature on both you know individual hardware pieces for both the AirPod and the charging case. So. Yep. But moving along, we've also got the addition of MagSafe compatibility, which is great. If you have an Apple Watch charger, you can use that right on your AirPod um, case. So that's great. And then they also did add a lanyard loop on the side. So like we said, minor changes, but, you know, if it improves the ANC and kind of gives you some more improvements on listening and experience, then I'm all for it. So, And that will lead us right into the iPhones. Yep, so we'll start with the base series, and then uh, JD will go ahead and go with the pros here. And uh, first things first, uh, the improved thermal performance. Uh, and uh, we're waiting to see the uh, the, the test, breakdown test from uh, Jerry Rigg. Uh, when we get that, we'll obviously update you on that um, when the time comes. Although, actually, I, now, that I, now that I did to bring it up, um, the iFixit did take the phone apart, and evidently they did change the internals on it, so... If you guys have a chance, go over to iFixit channel on YouTube and see what they have there because when you take the glass off, the only thing you have access to is just removing the glass um, connectors and then the the screen is comes off by itself. And then there's just a sheet hmm. of aluminum. 
if you flip it over and take off the back glass, that's when you get access to all your components, your battery, your camera, etc., etc. So really interesting. I think a lot of that is just improving the durability of the chassis. So yeah. um, again, I would really encourage you guys to head over to that channel and just look at that. So that way you kind of have an idea like, okay, they did improve something on here. It's not just, you know, an exact replica of the iPhone 13. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll obviously leave that uh, link down in the description. Yes. Um, so, and this uh, does have the uh, A15 chip in it. Um, and when we had talked about this, we were kind of concerned that it was going to be the exact one from the 13. Um, and that was just something we were we were like, eh, this is going to be the exact same phone. Not many people are going to buy it. Um, but it actually is a, a bit of improvement here. It's actually the uh, the A15 chip from the Pro models. So there's an added GPU core uh, over the regular 13 series. So that's that's actually pretty good. I'm, I'm glad they at least at least added that. I'm kind of iffy about them having the same. Yeah, they didn't cheap uh, out chip, altogether. That's good. No, no, that's that's really good there. Um, then we've got a new primary camera sensor um, with the 12 megapixel. Uh, camera and uh, with that comes 1.9 uh, microns uh, with a 1.5 aperture uh, within f uh, nearly 50% increased in low light improvement uh, that, that's something that a lot of users uh, really had the trouble with is trying to get really good quality pictures at night I think for the last four or five years it, it's been kind of difficult it's been mainly on the pros really is where people actually had success yeah. with low light so you know the main people kind of just got skimped out on yeah, so I'm glad that they uh, they really uh, allowed the uh, users to to get a better experience. Uh, it kind of shows that Apple does really care about each and every one of their um, consumers. So uh, there's a new uh, front-facing true-depth camera with a 1.9 aperture, uh, and then with that comes the uh, Photonic Engine software. So again, more improved low-light performance. Uh, and now we have a new thing called action mode. Uh, if you guys are into photography a lot or taking um, videos for movies or whatever, um, you'll know that if you're in a scene where you're running a lot, it, it can get kind of crazy where you don't have uh, adapted motion um, where it doesn't like bobble a lot. Uh, this action mode does actually uh, work fairly okay. Um, it's still in its gimmick uh, stage. We'll just say that much for sure. But it kind of yeah. gives you that representation of having a gimbal with you. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's close to a gimbal. I wouldn't say it's exact because I've actually no. used a gimbal before. No. But um, but yeah, hopefully they improve that. Uh, and this is an eSIM only. This is something that uh, we both JD and I were very disappointed in. Um, and you might you might think like, okay, it's it's you can switch easy from iPhone to iPhone. That I don't see a problem with that. Uh, but it's when you're switching from Android to uh, Apple that can be very finicky and a little more difficult for users than when you would only have just a normal SIM card. So, uh, And I mean, I don't think that this is definitely going to impact a lot of you consumers out there in a general sense. But if you do have a tendency to be like, okay, I want to go back to Android or I want to switch or whatever, or especially for those YouTube reviewers out there, content creators, they do. They switch a lot between yeah. iPhones and Androids oh, yeah. and just testing out the latest thing. And I just find this move to be a little bit more frustrating. Um, and I don't really want to harp on it that much. But yeah, Miguel and I are really adamant about the fact that we do not like that they're going eSIM only, which is crazy because the international model does not have that problem. <laughs> yeah, which is very annoying. <laughs> A little unfair if you ask me, but um, yep. So that's uh, that's eSIM for you, and then we also get crash detection. And uh, like I mentioned before, I'll just kind of discuss really quick here. So basically, what happens is um, 
if the there that gyroscope that we were talking about uh it's able to detect motion and g-force um at that kind of rate together um without either it's difficult to do this process so basically it allows it allows the phone to detect um if you've actually been in a crash uh, and what it'll do is it'll uh it'll give you 10 seconds to uh press do not uh send uh emc uh or ems um uh, uh, merge, sorry. Yeah, um, it'll uh, give you 10 seconds to um, press whether you want to uh, let the emergency services uh, come and uh, help you out or not. So if you're unconscious or something like that, uh, it'll automatically uh, call uh, emergency services. So that's really great there. Uh, this also, uh, with the new iPhone users, or excuse me, new iPhone 14 users, um, you get a free two-year access to emergency SOS messaging with iPhone 14 via satellite connections. Um, so yeah, all in all, I'd say the uh, the 14 and the Plus they, they got some good, fairly good upgrades. But uh, I think the the real uh, monster of a phone here uh, will be the the Pro and the Pro Max, which we'll get to here in just a second. I just want to also let you know that the uh, the Plus does excuse me the 14 does come in $800, and the uh, the Plus starts at 900. Um, and the uh, 14 will be available September 16th, and the 9, yeah, the Plus will be available October 17th. And as we've previously stated before, um, there may be some delays, and it might vary depending on where you are and uh, you know the order track and the backlog for that. So, yep, yep, we're definitely excited about that. And then moving on to the, the iPhone 14 Pro. Um, all in all, I'd say that looking at the 14 Pro and Pro Max, and then also just the 14 and 14 Plus, um, they definitely added some changes to it, and the big dogs do get a little bit more on the display end, get some um, improved features. I just don't know as though it would be worth upgrading, but once we get through these specs, we'll kind of give you that um, in kind of opinion on it. So. First off, the biggest thing that we saw out there was the dynamic island. So just interactive animations um, that work alongside the live activities. And these will be better iterated with uh, third-party applications when they update. So for like sports cores, um, Lyft, uh, Uber, et cetera, et cetera. Um, for now, it's just on the main applications from Apple. So like yeah. music or um, mail or whatever, you kind of get those um, animation feeds up at the top. So I think it's cool. Uh, I don't necessarily think that this is a reason to upgrade. Um, my opinion on this is if you have a 12 or a 13 Pro, don't upgrade. That, that's, that's my opinion on it. You make your own decision. I'm just saying from what I see, I don't think that this would be worth it to upgrade. If you have something older, I think that would be an absolutely great um, upgrade for you. You can definitely enjoy all of this. But um, that's kind of how I feel right there just off the bat. Um, but you do get some thinner bezels. You do get improved display lighting. So you get 16 nits in XDR mode um, and then up to 2000 nits in the high brightness mode. So this is if you're outside and the sunlight is hitting the um, sensor, it's going to ramp that um, brightness up to 2000 nits. So that's great to see that they're actually trying to improve that because I feel like even on my 13 Pro, that has some issues. But I don't necessarily see that as being a common problem that I'm experiencing all the time. I feel like it's okay. But if yeah. you're someone that has a hard time seeing outside, then, yeah, that might be for you. That might be something that you might be, okay, yeah, I think this is worth upgrading for me. But And then after that, we actually have the always-on display. And, you know, this just includes an intelligent dimming effect that makes a simple um, 
dark look on your screen wallpaper screen um, just go really low so and this is kind of packed alongside with the LTPO screen technology that lows, lowers the refresh rate down to one Hertz so and that still allows you to have access to your live activities um, that kind of work in the uh, always on display so really cool to have that I just don't know if I agree with how they you know integrated it to the final result um, well, I personally feel like they should at least give you an option of, do I want to be all black or do I want to have a wallpaper showing it? Because I've noticed it and a lot of, um, other content creators have voiced their opinions that they wish they actually had an option where it could just be a black screen period. And then you could just have, you know, your minimal pieces of information. Um, and the main reason for that is because I have been trained when I'm using my iPhone, if the screen is off, it's off. If I see a wallpaper or something like that, I'm thinking, oh, did I miss a notification or something like that? That's really where my mind goes, and that's kind of you know how I've been hard- hardwired. Yeah. Obviously, a consumer can retrain themselves to be like, okay, it's just an always-on display. In my opinion, I just feel like Apple should have given us an option of either or versus just, okay, you're having a wallpaper that's extremely dimmed. That's just me. But I'm not really sure how you feel about that, Miguel. Um, well, a- as an upside to this, you know, um, we had watched a video um on a Mr. Mobile testing the uh, always on display um and he had it uh the always on display was on all night and uh he only lost 5% uh, battery total uh so that's actually really not Yeah that and that bad. that yeah that packs along with the actual display um core um, right. the A16 so that's great to see that they're doing that I think that's absolutely impressive I can only imagine how much more energy they would save if they just shut off nearly all the pixels so um but it's at least good to know that it's not affecting your battery in a massive way um right. i just feel like the consumer should have more options but that's that's just me i do have a bit of an android background so a little bit of customization it's kind of nice to have but yeah, um sure. moving along we like i said we did get the a16 um the only thing that i really didn't like about this was that they compared it against the a13 so Miguel saw that. I saw that. We were thinking like, okay, why did we not compare it against the A15? Yeah. And the only thing, the only conclusion that we came to is that it's really not that much of a jump between the two. Um, obviously, we'll get benchmark scores and stuff like that, which I think a lot of that stuff is already out there on some major YouTube channels. So you can even check those out as well. Um, and it does look like there is a small jump to it. Uh, I just didn't like the fact that they were like, okay, the A13 is like one of an older chipset and it's competing against, you know, the newest uh, mobile processor out there for, um, you know, like Android or whatever. Right. And my guess would be it's probably a Snapdragon. So, but it's still beating it. So the A13 is still beating that. And then they compare the A16 to the A13. I'm like, this is just kind of almost convoluted. So I don't know if they were just thinking, you know, really geeky people like us are going to be watching this or they're actually expecting the average consumer to be watching this. Yeah, kind of weird, for sure. But... I, I think the they were. I think they always do this a lot where they exaggerate a product, um, make it look like it's super good. Like I think they actually said, like in comparison to its uh, competitors, like it was so much better. And I'm thinking, like, no, no, I don't think so. Because immediately, as soon as they said, I was thinking Snapdragon. They're Gen really 1. good at advertising like, their products. Yeah, they yeah. are. And not to say the actual product is bad, obviously, but I feel like if you're going to compare two different things, you have to have at least the previous model. I mean, obviously, um, we would agree that it, it was just a small jump. Uh, but even still, I, I would say that it just you really got to compare um, well enough to, to at least see what you're getting. 
Um, but they're a company. They obviously have to market things, uh, you know, the right way in their eyes. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. We 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 got we got what we had. So, um, and like I said, with that A16, we did get that display engine. So that definitely helps improve, mm-hmm. you know, the efficiency with that display and the always on display. Um, and that comes down to the final category, which is the cameras. And this time we got a 65% larger uh, sensor for the primary. Uh, that's bigger than the 13 Pro. So this one is also improving not just the sensor size, but the megapixels. So we've had 12 megapixels for a long period of time, it feels like. And we're finally getting a bump. And now this is going to be 48 megapixels. So, um, and then the, the individual specs on that, you're going to get 2.44 microns. The aperture is going to be 1.78. And then you also have a 24 millimeter focal length um, that's patched along with seven element lens. So good specs on that. Yeah, Obviously, all that little bit little stuff in there is going to help. Um, but you'll kind of notice it as, as a more final result. So cinematic mode has been improved. You get 4K along with that. Um, even Miguel was testing it out with the uh, 14 Pro model that we have that we're testing right now. He felt like that was improved. I did too. Yeah. Very sharpness on the edges. Absolutely. Um, he he loved it actually. I I, I was I thought it was great as well. Um, I don't know if you had any more to say about that, but no. I, I, this is something that we had talked about a few months ago, where we wanted to see Apple take it and run with it because originally i had loved and i still do i had loved cinematic mode because it's a great option for um photographers who um uh really want to be able to use their phone uh, as a way of taking really nice shots really nice um sort of uh movie type videos uh, and this cinematic mode is a really great addition to it and we really wanted to improve they did improvement still some minor things um obviously they need to um you know add and um make it better but uh all in all i'd say that uh this is an a plus for me for cinematic mode um i, I really hope they continue to keep on improving keep on making it better because this could be uh the next generation of how people really take good um movies without having to spend you know thousands and thousands of dollars on a really nice camera so um yeah they're bringing it to the masses which i really like that fact so but like we're saying um we've seen things come in sort of like a gimmick mode um it came years ago with slow-mo uh we felt like oh that was kind of interesting but now i feel like that's kind of gotten to a premiere setting um now we have action mode you know this is in its first generation i'm sure things will continue to improve with you know the 15 and the 16 yep um and now we have you know definitely noticeable improvements on the cinematic mode as well so all in all i think we're really heading towards um great consumer products on smartphones where you can get some premium content i've used cinematic mode on my 13 pro just doing some family shots we were at a park looks good um, but now that you can kind of improve that uh, quality, it's going to be great, and I'm looking forward to just having that on a daily usage. So um, moving along with those sensors, though, um, we did get uh, quad pixel technology, and that is just a really, really fancy way of saying um, pixel binning. So what happens is is they take four pixels, and then they just kind of combine them into one, and if you do your math correctly, if you take the four, you combine them into one, it takes the 48 megapixel, and then it downsizes it down to a 12 megapixel. And that pretty much just allows the low light performance to be massively improved um, because you do have that bigger sensor. Yeah. So, uh, and along with that, it allows for a uh, 2x telephoto option that's kind of just cropping that photo. Um, but it still looks fantastic, in my opinion. So, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also did get the larger ultra wide sensor. Again, just maintaining a 12 megapixel sensor. Um, that'll bring 1.4 microns, 2.2 aperture, and a 13 millimeter focal length. Uh, this one does have a six element lens though. So, and then to wrap it all up, we did get a, just a kind of little surprise that a rev- revised uh, nine LED flash module. So I was glad to have that. Um, Miguel looked at it, he compared it to the 13 Pro. Definitely noticeable. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad they kind of gave us that little refresh there just because, I don't know, it's nice to know that they're paying attention to the small things too. Yeah, they, they really did a, a lot of additions to this uh, new model. Um, with dynamic island obviously some it needs to be improved every everything is not perfect with apple they really need to um pick up and uh do more with it but uh, as far as i can tell uh, they've done a great job this year i think in terms of uh improvements on their devices and stuff like that um and uh, they always continue to push this uh carbon footprint uh which i'm obviously you know all for you know uh, saving the environment in, in a sense of, you know, reducing that amount of waste and that kind of thing. I'm totally for that. Uh, but the problem that I mentioned before is when you start to decrease the amount of things you add into a box, you have to increase the amount of things you buy that includes another box. <laughs> so if you take out a, um, you know, a wall charger that comes in, the, in, in with your iPhone, well, now you got to go and buy another one. Uh, and that takes up another box, and then you got obviously got to get a new pair of headphones if your previous ones broke. Um, it, it's for Apple's sake, it's good on their part, but just in general, it's it's still not exactly doing a whole lot to the environment. At least in my opinion, I, I don't see it as a major thing, but um, it's okay, I suppose. Um, big concern. I think the next step that they take that'll actually improve the carbon footprint is when they change it to USB-C. I think that's the yes. biggest thing that they can do is to unify every single smartphone out there that is, you know, pushing the boundaries. Make it one port. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll that'll definitely be um, a much better addition to the uh, to the phone, um, and obviously for better for better data transfer. I mean, that's really great. I'm really excited for that um, USB-C charger for sure. Uh, and that that's the big especially thing. when you consider all of that though because they're doing the you know the action mode they're doing cinematic mode they're improving the sensor these files are going to be huge so i feel like USB-C isn't just because the government is pushing it it's because it's needed it really is yeah. when you think about the size of these files that you have on your phone and the fact that they're still selling them at 128 gigs just they need to can it they need to do 256 at $1000 that's how i feel about it but those are just some kind of down thoughts on it that I feel like they really need to improve along with what you're saying with the carbon footprint. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I totally agree with you there. And I also agree with you on the, the sense of this This is really going to um, – um, well, you already just said that. I was about to say that too. Um, but, yeah, I would agree with you on that for sure. Uh, so, uh, But that's next year. So. Overall, yeah, overall I feel like the big theme was between, you know, security – um, especially with the crash detect- yeah, detection absolutely. and the SOS. And then also the fact that all of this is pretty much staying at a really competitive price. We didn't get any price hikes at all, which I was really excited to hear. Um, the Ultra didn't come in at $1,000. It was $800. They dropped the price of the SE watch, and everything else stayed the same. So all in all, I feel like this was good in a sense that we didn't get gypped. But Again, I still feel like there was just too many minor changes that I wouldn't really upgrade to this. I would be definitely waiting for the 15. So, 
Yep, so that's going to wrap up uh, today's episode. We hope you guys have it, enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, please leave a like. Uh, make sure you follow for future notifications. Next week, we're going to be talking about uh, carriers um, and just uh, how they vary and uh, plans they give you and stuff like that, um, deals and such. Um, so we hope you guys have enjoyed. And uh, this is JD and Miguel signing off. Peace out.